Lift your hands above your head. Put those hands together. Let me see our papa. Once again, amen. Are you excited? Hallelujah. Amen. My monitors are not on. Whoever is in charge, come on, on them. Since you don't want to do it in private, let's do it in public. Who is in charge? Come and on them now. Who is in charge? Come, come and on them. Since you don't want to do it privately, nicely. Come, let everybody see you. Don't go until they are on. You are laughing. Glory to God. Happy? Amen. I, I, I. Okay. Are you ready for the word? Father, we rejoice. We thank you for this another opportunity to fellowship in the light of your word. And we thank you that everyone under the sound of my voice receives revelation knowledge like never before. Veils full of clarity comes. Your people are built up, equipped, edified, and Jesus is glorified. Thank you for the army that you're raising in this ministry. Men and women that are fully instructed in doctrine and instructed in the things of the Lord. An army that will preach this gospel and raise disciples all over the bloomable planet. And we rejoice, Lord, that the world will go forth with power like never before in the days and weeks to come. And we rejoice. Thank you for revelation knowledge in this service. And we receive with joy the engrafted word that is able to save our souls. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer says a powerful amen. amen. Lift your right hands to heaven. Let's release our feet together. So say these words, I am born of God. I am born of the word. The word of God... Is my nature. I do not struggle to do the world. I do the world naturally. Therefore, today, I will understand the word of his grace. I will be built up. By the end of this service, I will never be the same. Never ever be the same again. In Jesus' name, and every believer says a powerful amen. Well, I want to welcome everybody connected to this service by way of Kingdom Life Network, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all of the social media community. We're so glad to welcome every one of you to this great service. And we're excited that you're a part of our church community online around the world. We also want to welcome the Kwaibom State community connected to the service right now by way of Comfort FM, XL FM, Radio Akwaibom, Inspiration FM, Heritage FM, Passion FM. We're so glad to welcome all of you today to the service. I'd like you to do me the favor, call a friend, a family, a loved one, someone you care about. Ask them to tune to this radio station right now. Life is flowing through the airwaves. What a joy and an honor to have all of you in the service today. Social media, help me share the video. Put them on LinkedIn. Put them on WhatsApp groups. Drop them on Telegram. Let's flood the earth with the fragrance of Jesus' grace. I also want to welcome all our campuses around the world. What a joy to have all of you live in the service, brothers and sisters around the world. 
I'd like you guys to get ready. It's going to be an exciting study of God's word this morning. Is there anybody excited about the word of God in the service? Can we celebrate the word with a shout? Go ahead, go ahead, celebrate the word with a shout. Glory! Amen! All right, grab your pen, your notebook, your Bible, and your phones. With your sweet, smart self, you can be seated. <clears throat> oh boy, I tell you. <clears throat> Let there be light. Hi, brothers. Let there be light. We are in God's new creation. Oh, let there be light. Let there be light. Shine all the nations. Let there be light. Shining out of the darkness. Let there be light. We are in God's new to come, this light will shine very strong in the dark places of the earth. I didn't hear that. Amen. Glory to God. Romans chapter 8 verse 14. You have your phone. Share the video. Share the messages. Let's get them on all the groups. Let's make sure everybody is rich. That's the way to shine the light. Let's make sure everybody is rich around the world with the truth of this gospel. Alright. Romans chapter 8 verse 14. <clears throat> Romans chapter 8 verse 14. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Next verse. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba Father. Next verse. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, I would like you to get the message of the first service because I do not have the time to go over all the things I taught. But if you miss that, you might not be able to get all that you need to get in this service because I'm just continuing from where I stopped in the first service. Now, within the week, we began to say that there is an understanding you require on as to how the inward witness interplays with the gift of utterance, prophecy, Songs and interpretation. How the inward witness interplays with the, you know, with, with the utterance, the gift of utterance. And it's so important. And we're going to see how that is going to interplay here. Now, First Kings chapter 17 verse 2 and 3. Let's look at some things from the Old Testament. <clears throat> and the word of the Lord came unto him saying, next verse. Get thee hence and turn thee eastward and hide thyself by the brook Cherry that is before Jordan. Next verse. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. Next verse. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherry that is before Jordan. Next verse. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning. 
and bread and flesh in the evening and he drank of the brook. Next verse. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. So we began to talk about concerning leading some perceptions that something about Elijah here is look at the specifics. God told him do this, do that very specific, hide thyself and all of that. And he was there for several days. Observe verse 7, the brook dried up despite the fact that he was laid there. A natural circumstance made it possible for that brook to dry up and impossible for him to continue that way. So you will see that there was a correlation between the ravens and that brook. When you hear the word commanded in that text, in the Hebrew, it's not a direct instruction from God. It's just like circumstances arranging themselves and God informing man about those circumstances. So somehow in the natural, something happened and then the brook dried up. If God leads you somewhere, it will be called everlasting water. That's what somebody will be thinking. Well, if it was God that was leading the prophet to that brook, the brook shouldn't have dried up. But the brook dried up because there will be, you know, um, there's no situation that God leads you to that becomes eternal. With God's leadings, you have to listen for time. Like I said in the first service, God doesn't give you everything at once. You rely on him to lead you per time. And he leads you per time. He gives you instructions. He directs you. And sometimes he will tell you, wait. Like I told you, he drops phrases. And all of that ultimately will come together to become what God is leading you to do. Now, someone will ask, did Elijah hear from God? Or maybe God gave you an instruction to do something and then suddenly while the thing is working, it stopped. You know, um, you were fully persuaded to get married to a lady or get married to a young man and you got married and then somewhere along the line in the marriage, things just go haywire. You are not understanding yourselves anymore. You're constantly quarreling and there's a lot of tension in the home. Things are not working out the way you want them to work out. And then you're wondering, but did God really lead me? Am I led by God to really marry this woman? And same thing with the man. Is God really leading me into this marriage? Did God ask me to start this business? You started a business. It was doing well. Suddenly things went rough and it's no more working out. And some ministers doubt if God even called them because they are looking at the circumstances around their ministries. And then they ask themselves, well, did God really call me? And the brook dried up. Now notice 1 Kings chapter 17 verse 8. 17 verse number 8. And the word of the Lord came unto him saying, the word of the Lord came unto him saying, so there are timelines for direction. There are timelines for direction in certain instances. Timelines. The key thing is that God was making provision available. Even some people, they will have started casting out water spirit from that brook. You water spirits that have leaked out and sucked out this water. What are you waiting for? 
Even some people they will have started a deliverance service, you know, deliverance mountain. You they will have brought all the de deliverance experts to cast out the demons so that the water will keep coming. The Lord told me to come here. Nothing will dry the brook. We must cast out, we must chase out the prince of water that has occupied this, this boat. And they will stay there and waste precious time. Especially people who see demons in everything. You and your wife are not understanding each other. Instead of seeking counsel, you start saying your wife is possessed. I think this woman is possessed. Or the wife starts saying my husband is possessed. Some spirit has come over him. That's the situation. Why is there sudden misunderstanding? Why did the brook dry? Why is the business not doing well anymore? But God told me and he started working. Why did he stop? This is the situation we are dealing with here concerning leadings and perceptions. Now, Whatever is in the control of man or the control of nature will have lapses. Anything that is controlled by man or nature will have lapses and will have its own peculiarities of natural circumstances. Anything controlled by nature or anything controlled by man. No matter how led you are in Nigeria to do business, you cannot get power supply from heaven. You didn't hear that. No matter how led you are in Nigeria to do business by the spirit, you cannot get power supply from heaven. You know we have a power problem in Nigeria, right? Yeah. <laughs> so there was there were natural circumstances in First Kings. Now look at that chapter 17 verse 18 again of first, I mean verse 8. And the word of the Lord came unto him saying. So there were different ways God walked at making supplies and provisions. Different ways God walked. You can't box God in the corner and say this is the only way God supplies. No, there are different ways God walks. And it's left for the believer to walk with God and follow the plan and follow the purpose of God for his life. Different ways. Somebody say, my own is politics. I am a politician. I am a politician. You've been a politician for 15 years. You've never been able to afford food to eat. Shouldn't you be asking yourself now, maybe I'm in the wrong place. You are sitting with a brook that has dried up. And you are busy waiting. Instead of seeking Lord, what next? What are you saying concerning this situation? God has several ways of making provision. You don't have to die with a dead horse. The difference with Elijah was that Elijah was listening. He was listening. There are people once they start a ministry and it begins to grow, they stop listening to God. They now begin to use formulas. <laughs> they stop listening to God. They begin to employ formulas. 
They begin to copy different formulas from different ministries all over the world. This ministry is doing like this and they are growing. Let's import it. This ministry is doing like this and they are growing. Let's import it. So they start importing formulas all over the world. Meanwhile, they didn't get there by formulas. They got there by following God. And God hasn't gone on retirement. God has not resigned. He's committed to lead you all the days of your life. If only you will listen and pay attention. There are people, the moment they get married and begin to give testimonies, they don't listen to God anymore. The lady was committed, the brother was committed when they were individuals. The brother was committed in church, committed in Bible study, committed to spiritual growth, evangelism and discipleship. Same thing with the sister. But the moment they married, their commitment died. Some of you in church are looking at me. You used to be very committed and passionate about the things of God, but you are now an uncle of God. You are no more committed. And it's not a laughing matter. Because when we see Jesus, you won't laugh this laughter. Keep laughing. When we stand before Jesus, all this your smile, it will, you will not remember that you smiled. It's not a threat. I'm just calling your attention because you will remember this word when that time comes. You used to be committed, dedicated. You used to feel like you're not fulfilled if you don't serve God's purpose. Evangelism, you were there. Prayer, you were there. But suddenly, you are now full of epignosis. So there's no need for prayer. Prayer cruise is for new converts. Evangelism is for new people in church. We are the uncles. Even house fellowship, you don't attend. You've stopped listening to God. Your heart is no more tender towards God. So even when God is speaking, you are callous. You are callous. You are no more, you're no more sensitive. You don't, you, your heart no more feels God's heart. You have become callous and, sensitive, and insensitive to the leadings of God. Yeah. And it shows. It shows in your life. Because you are not a blessing to anybody but yourself. Nobody. You are not impacting anybody. You are not touching anybody. You are not reaching anybody. You're not reaching anybody. One of my campus coordinators said, Papa, I don't want to ask the people in the campus to give. I said, why? He said, because they come from churches where they were used and burnt. I said, that doesn't mean they shouldn't give. You came from a church where you were used and burnt, and then you are in a church where you are being taught and trained. That's the more reason why you should give more here. You should give more here, except something is wrong with your thinking pattern. This is where you should give more. Where they used you, abused you, and taught you nothing. And made you depend on them. You depended on them for everything. You could not explain one verse of scripture. And yet they abused you and took all your money. And God in his mercy has brought you to a ministry where you are experiencing the, the privilege of being effectively pastored. You are taught. You have pasture. 
you're growing. Now you know your left from your right. This is even where you should give. If you have to sell your shoes, sell it and give. This is not where to be giving us excuses. Oh, I wish I had money the way I had it in the other church. Moses, my servant, is dead. Joshua, arise and move forward. Arise and move on. I told him, go back to that, your campus, and let them know their responsibilities. You put your money where your mouth is. If you are being fed here, then your money should be in this ministry. Because where your heart is, is where your treasure is. Don't be telling me, Papa, God bless you. I've been blessed. Bring that money. Let's do the work of God. Ha, Papa, Papa. Wonderful. If what you're saying is true, it will show in how you support what we're doing. I mean, it's as easy as that. There's no rocket science about it. I believe in something. I put my money in it. I support it. Are we teaching? Hello, are we teaching? Yeah. You know, <clears throat> you know a lot of people were following me when I was talking about tithe, don't pay tithe. You know why they were following me? They thought they had found a pastor that will fertilize stinginess. Then after following me for a while, they discover the one I'm teaching is more difficult than tithe. So they have left. They are no more following me. And I don't want such useless minds to follow me. No, 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 no. Hmm? Ah, no more tithe. Kai, you are the best pastor in Africa. No more tithe. You are the best pastor in Africa. Now we give generously. Hmm? We give generously. Hmm? We give generously. No, this one is harder than the other one. The other was just 10%. Now this man is like... Then <laughs> some of them say, Dr. Damina is a law preacher in disguise. His own is tougher than the other people. <laughs> oh, Lord. It shows your heart. Your heart is not right. You have a heart that is not right. You need to go and make your heart right with God. <clears throat> Teaching good? I know I'm teaching good, right? <clears throat> now, there are people, the moment they get, get married, like I said, they just stay away. That man you married is a human being, the brook can dry. That sister you married is a human being, the brook can dry. You have to keep listening. Things could go wrong, but if you are listening to God, you will know what to do about things that are wrong. If you are listening to God, you will know what to do about the situation, about the business. You will know what to do about that marriage, about your husband's behavior, about your wife's behavior. If you are listening to God, because you cannot be in tune and on time and in sync with God and situations defeat you. You cannot. You have to keep listening. If you observe, that woman, that widow of Zarephath, didn't see a vision in verse 12 of 1 Kings 17. 1 Kings 17 verse 12. And she said, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake but an handful of meal in a barrel. 
and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. She didn't see a vision. She didn't hear a voice. The prophet told her, God has sent me to you. Unfortunately, people that like preaching seed sowing don't capture that reality. Look at that first Kings. Let's read from 17 to 23. 17, 17 to 23. And it came to pass after these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick. And his sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in him. That is, he died. And she said unto Elijah, What have I to do with thee, O thou man of God? And thou come unto me to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son. Next verse. And he said unto her, Give me thy son. And he took him out of her bosom and carried him up into a loft where he abode and laid him upon his own bed. And she cried unto the Lord. I mean, he cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, has thou also brought evil upon the widow with whom I sojourn by slaying her son? Next verse. And he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come into him again. Next verse. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah and the soul of the child came into him again and he revived. Next verse. And Elijah took the child and brought him down out of the chamber into the house and delivered him unto his mother and Elijah said see thy son live it. Now look at verse 24 and the woman said to Elijah now by this I know that thou art a man of God and that the word of the Lord is in thy mouth or the word of the Lord in thy mouth is truth. So the purpose of God in this entire scenario was verse 24. Now I know that you are a man of God and the word of the Lord in your mouth is truth. So in the unfortunate circumstances of the brook, it didn't change anything. The brook dried up. The prophet was led to go down. A widow sustained him. Nothing changed. The same provision that was coming through the brook now was coming through the widow. When you are on course with God, situations may change, but his provision won't change. If you will only follow the leading of the Lord, provisions never stop flowing. The, the channels, the avenues may change, but God always has a million and one avenues of meeting your needs. Elijah could have stayed there and complained all through, like he did at the issue of Jezebel. Oh God, Jezebel is after me. I am the only one left. All other prophets about their knees to bow. Oh God, Jezebel is after me. He ran for his life. He went and went and said, Oh God, kill me like my fathers. I'm not better than my fathers. The man was just blabbing and blabbing. He ran and got tired. Just because a woman said, I will kill you. He ran for his life. This is a prophet who killed 450 prophets of Baal. Running from a small woman. And then he got tired and lay down under a tree. And the angel of the Lord says, stand up, eat, eat. Stand up and eat now for the journey. 
It's because you're hungry, that's why you're complaining. When you are hungry from feeding from God's word, you become carnal. You start complaining. You start murmuring. Gossiping. When you see believers who gossip, people who gossip, are you here? When you see people who gossip, are you here? They are not serious with the word of God. That's carnality. And if you entertain such people, they will corrupt you. Let me tell you, no matter how holy you are, listen carefully, all of you in power verses. Sit down, sit down. So I can see your faces. No matter how holy you are, if you entertain a gossip, it corrupts you. There's no way you can protect yourself from the corruption of gossip. Once you head it, something happens to you. Once you give your ears to gossip, look, you can't be too holy. It will infect you. It will. So the moment a sister or a brother comes and says, hmm, did, did you hear about sister so-and-so? Tell him, no, I'm not interested. Let's pray about it. He said, no, let me tell you. No, tell him, we will get the prayer points from the spirit. Where will we get the prayer points from? From the spirit. Let's speak in tongues. There will be interpretation and we will know what to do. I don't need the details if I know what to do. That's how you kill gossip. When, because once you give your ears to gossip, you are infected. You may not know you are, but you can't escape it because you are a human being. What goes through your ears, what goes through your eyes affects your heart. They are not gossiping to you because you can do something about it. It's to corrupt you. Don't tell me something about somebody that I don't have the power to do anything about. That's gossip. You didn't hear that. Telling me about somebody that I cannot do anything about his situation makes you talking to me a gossip. And I don't want to I'm not a dustbin. Don't be throwing people's trash into my life. I'm not a dustbin. If you are really concerned about the sister, you pray. And don't call me to pray. God will hear your prayer alone. You pray. Teaching good? You pray. Elijah could have stayed there and complained all his life. But he heard from God. He moved. He didn't stay there and say, we will start barrel of oil conference. Or some deliverance mountain. So that's why it's important we keep discerning what the spirit is saying. There were meetings we did as a ministry and after one or two of those meetings we stopped. We used to have convention every February where people come from all over the world to this church. I stopped it. Somebody said, why will you stop such a thing? You've been doing it for over 10 years. I stopped it because God told me it's over for that, that, that day is over. Nobody comes here in February anymore. Somebody said, but you built the brand. It's not about building a brand. It's about working with God. 
There's nothing we do in this church that will be done for life. We follow God. We follow God. We're doing a 40 days fasting this January. It's not because we've been doing it before. It's not because the Lord spoke to me to take you through a period of consecration and prepare you for the harvest in 2022. And he showed me the plan and showed me what to do. That's why we're fasting for 40 days. It's not a religious exercise. We're intentional about following the plan of God for our lives. And we're not doing it because anybody is doing it. Our blueprint is different. Our operation is different. The way we're going to do it is different. We're following God's plan for our ministry. Am I talking to somebody? Calm down. You have to keep listening for direction. So somebody said, but that's the Old Testament. So when it comes to direction, there will be fresh revelation and new experiences. When it comes to direction. Fresh revelation and new experiences. Notice that Elijah had three experiences. First, revelation. Not revelation of scripture, but revelation of the spirit as touching God's direction in his life. And of course, he had new experiences. Brook, widow, you know, all those are experiences. I mean, can you imagine, Pastor Priest? How will you go? How will God sustain a man via a widow? A widow that is just about to eat her food with her child and die. And that is the person God chooses to sustain Elijah. God's ways. That's why some of you commissioners have broken your heart. Commissioner of education. Commissioner of agriculture. Commissioner of this is my uncle. Commissioner of that is my godfather. Commissioner of this is my political father. Commissioner of that is my this and that. And that commissioner has never benefited you a dime. Yet people that are nothing to you are the ones that are a blessing. Now, it is because that is the way God operates. So, cause be the man that put his trust in man. Get your eyes off people. Follow the leading of the spirit. God could use somebody that doesn't mean anything to you to be the blessing that you've been waiting for. Follow the plan of God. Follow the plan of God. Follow the plan of God. I don't lobby around people's resources. I don't lobby. You start being nice to somebody because they have appointed him director of a parastatal. You start being a psychopharm. You start going around him to romance and massage his ego. Thinking he will drop you some hand-me-downs. When you too can talk to God who is the maker of men and he will give you your own allocation. And that's why you're all over the place. A psychopharm of men. From singing this one's praise to singing the other one's praise. And you know, some of you, you are very funny. Some of you are very funny. When somebody shows you an act of kindness, he becomes your spiritual father. You now sing his praises just because of an act of kindness. Praises you have never sang about me. Who is laboring over you day and night. 
you will now sing the praises for somebody who just dropped you a little, a little provision because I am in your life helping you. And I'm not asking you to sing my praise. If you know, if you do that, I'll rebuke you. Because it's Christ walking through me. The point I'm making is, some of you are just psychophants. Because you have no value. You don't know who you are. That is also not to say you should be ungrateful to people who are a blessing. There must be a line. You must know where to, to thank them and where to stop it. Because if God didn't steer them up, they wouldn't even have looked at you. Nobody is helping you because they like you. They help you because God created the circumstances for them to help you. So you thank them, but remember to give the glory where it belongs. I'm teaching good. I have learned in my life, man. Let's look at Brother Paul so that you won't say why he just came with Old Testament. Let's quickly run through Brother Paul's experiences. Acts chapter 9 verse 15 and 16. Acts chapter 9 verse 15 and 16. Acts 9 15 and 16. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way. For he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. Next verse. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. He must suffer for my name's sake. Notice that. Acts 13 verse 2. Acts 13 verse number 2. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work we are unto, I have called them. The Holy Ghost said, Separate unto me Paul and Barnabas. So Barnabas is added. In verse chapter 9 is, I will show him. In chapter 13, Barnabas and Saul. This was Paul. Remember that Paul was already in ministry before chapter 13. He was in ministry in chapter 11 and 12. But there's a fresh revelation. There's a fresh instruction. There's a fresh experience. Separate unto me Paul and Barnabas for the ministry. Kenneth Hagin teaches that to follow God's plan... You must keep a spirit-filled life. Don't rely on yesterday's manna. And manna typifies God's word. Because he told them in Deuteronomy, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. That is how they lived. And that today agrees with listening to God's direction in our spirit into all of our daily activities. Listening to God's direction on daily basis. On daily basis. You seek what is God saying today. Father, what will you have me do today? Which way am I going to go today? What about this situation, Father? What are you saying right now? I receive understanding right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And while you are meditating and going about it, the Holy Ghost begins to show you ways to navigate. Living a spirit-filled life. So it's important that we don't lose touch with a constant and continual fellowship with God's word and the spirit of God. 
We are not just talking about yesterday. We are talking about God's plan for you now. And we are talking about God's plan for you going forward. In Acts chapter 16, there was another fresh revelation. And sometimes, there will be a fresh application of the same revelation. Fresh application of the same revelation in guidance. Acts 16 verse 6. Acts 16 verse number 6. Now when they had gone throughout Phagia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. Can you see another direction? First of all, chapter 9, I will show him great things he will suffer for my name's sake. Alright? He's a chosen vessel. Chapter 13, separate unto me Paul and Barnabas for the work that I have for them. Chapter 16, verse 6, they were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia direction day by day step to step direction of the spirit about pursuing God's purpose for your life look at the next verse verse number 7 after they were come to Mysia they are said to go into Bithynia but the spirit suffered them not the spirit suffered them not Forbidden in one place and in another place, the spirit did not allow them to preach. Now, it is God that told them, go to the whole world and preach. But there were places they went, the spirit said, no, not here. Get out of here. Don't preach here. Some say, is there something wrong with preaching everywhere? Yes, there is. You may not be the one God has assigned to preach to those people, so you will get resistance. You will get resistance. So you must find out where God has assigned for you and follow his plan. Because in the plan of God is where you have the blessing. In the plan of God is where you have peace. In the plan of God is where you have fulfillment. And in the plan of God is where you have provision. And sometimes along with it comes persecution. It's all part of it. Verse 9, look at another revelation given to them. Acts 16 verse 9. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. Twice they were forbidden and suffered not. Now, in the same chapter, appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now they are forbidden in one place, the spirit suffered them not. In another place, while they are waiting for direction, a vision. And in the vision, they had the people of Macedonia praying and begging, please, men of God, come to Macedonia and help us. Different revelations, instruction, direction. So in following God's plan, you should be open to fresh experiences and fresh insight. Don't be rigid. Did you observe verse 6, verse 7, verse 9, very different experiences of the same spirit. Look at Acts 20, 22. Are you still here? Acts chapter, are you still here? Acts chapter 20 verse 22 And now behold I go bound in the spirit Unto Jerusalem Not knowing the things That shall befall me there I go bound 
found in the spirit to Jerusalem. Now we will look at it very carefully. In the same one life, in the same course of ministry, you find different instructions. Same life, same course of ministry, different instructions. Fresh revelation, fresh application. Fresh revelation, fresh application. There are some believers who are just too logical, you know, too logical, too rigid. Some are just too emotional and they think it's the Holy Ghost. <laughs> it's like a lady that was prophesying and she started crying. <laughs> I, the Lord, I'm crying. Shut up. That's emotions. God never cries. Why will God cry? She is the one crying because her emotions have gotten a better part of her. So she interprets her own crying and emotions as God speaking. But those of us who know God know that that was not God. And that doesn't mean she didn't say what God wanted, but there was a mixture of what God was saying with her emotions and her crying. So now we that are matured will divide her prophecy and take what is God and leave what is her. That is the same way we interpret scriptures. Maybe she cited a sister. A sister that was following brothers around and making herself cheap. You say, thus says the Lord, my daughters, you are expensive. Don't be making yourself cheap. I pity you, say the Lord. Her no one sees her impressions, her emotions, her own perspective combined to form her prophecy. It's like the brother who walked to the sister in the midst of a service and said, manko, tegele de battle, does say the Lord, you are my wife. So she too, she did Don't says the Lord, you are not my husband. Don't be intimidating us with your prophecy. Some people are just too emotional. Particularly, Pastors among us, all of you that are pastors in our campuses, campus coordinators, pastors of our churches around the world, listen very carefully. You must be careful. Stay away from strife. Stay away from strife. Stay away from bitterness. Because when you stay in strife and bitterness, you get into the things of the flesh. And when you are in strife and bitterness, you can never know what God is saying. Anybody that is in strife and bitterness can never know what God is saying. Never. Never. Because the moment you create an environment of strife and bitterness, you have pushed God out. God does not function in an environment of bitterness and strife. No. 
Bitterness and strife will block your ears. Bitterness and strife will block your hearing. Bitterness and strife will make you insensitive to what God is saying. Strife, bitterness, unforgiveness. You know, it was Kenneth Copeland, honey, I don't know if you remember, who said, it is better for them in their ministry to keep a man that has moral failures. Moral failures, like stealing. Okay? That is easier for them to accommodate a staff that has moral failures like stealing in their ministry than keep anybody with bitterness and unforgiveness and, 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 and strife. They have zero tolerance for strife and bitterness, just like we do in our ministry here. You won't be on our staff, you won't be on our office staff if you are contentious. You are full of bitterness, strife, and unforgiveness. No, no, no. We kick you out immediately. Because you will pollute our environment. You will contaminate the office and make other staff hardened to hearing God. Now, a man that cannot hear God cannot hear me. Who am I? You're not hearing God, then you hear me. How? You'll be contaminated. Bitterness and strife. Unforgiveness. It's easier to keep somebody who has moral failures, like stealing, like lying. All of them are a sin. Fornication, they're all a sin. Than to keep somebody who is full of bitterness and strife, contention. Because the Bible says, where there is strife, there is confusion and every evil work. That is, in an environment of strife, both things that Satan has created and the new technology that Satan will bring, they will all be experimented in an area, environment of strife. In an environment of strife. And there are women that are full of strife. Women, you're here. Full of strife. Full of strife. You can't tolerate another woman. No. Once you are all women, three of you, there will be fight. Fight. Because you allow emotions to get a better part of you. And when you are too emotional... We can't trust your sense of judgment. You understand? We can't trust the sense of judgment of somebody that is too emotional. We can't. Because your emotions will color your judgment. And your judgment cannot be just. We can't trust you. You've got to get out of your emotions and learn to grow and learn to be matured. People are not always going to treat you fairly. But you must know how to protect yourself from the arrows. You know, from the arrows. From the arrows. Stay away from strife. Stay away from strife. We can't tolerate you on our staff. And we can't tolerate you in our ministry. If you are given to strife, bitterness, and anger. We can't. 
whether it's in the family or ministry. You can never know what God is saying if your family is full of bitterness and strife and contention and unforgiveness. When you are in bitterness and strife and forgiveness, when the spirit is prompting you to pray, you won't know. You won't know. You will not know when the spirit is asking you to pray. You will not know when the spirit is asking you to give and support the church. You won't know. You are in strife. You are in bitterness. And you won't know when God is showing you what to do to enter the next phase of your life. You won't know. Oh. Because remember, it is your mind that works in the spirit. Your mind. And bitterness and anger and strife is in the mind. So when the mind is cluttered with those things, when the spirit is speaking through the word, your mind will not hear. Your mind will not hear. That's why you have to keep your mind away from impurities. Keep your mind away from impurities. There are some things that we overact on. Did you observe that when you read the epistles, the emphasis is on love work more than any other conduct issue. The emphasis is on love work. Walk in love. Walk in love. Forgive one another. Even as God has forgiven you. Walk in love. Love the brethren. He laid down his life for us. We ought to lay our lives down for the brethren. All is love. That's the emphasis of our conduct in the epistles. Read Peter, James. Read all the epistles. There's something about bitterness and strife. Pastors in power city, all our campuses and branches, stay away from church politics. Stay away from it. Stay away from it. There are churches that do politics. We don't do it here. You know? Church politics. We don't do church politics here. If we say, brother, you are moved from this house center to this one. It's not because somebody came to gossip you. It's not because there's something we're looking for to benefit. Everybody in Power City, including all our pastors, including myself, we are all undergoing training. And when you are being trained, part of training is to move you from one place to another. It's part of training. Remove you from a department and ask to serve under another. It's part of training. Take you from under, put you on top. It's part of training. Ask you to decentralize your campus, open new house centers. It's part of training. Start afresh. It's part of training. It's part of training. You know, the Abuja campus, Pastor Matthew was talking to me yesterday. They have opened about four or five campuses from the Abuja campus. So we're talking yesterday and I was saying, Papa, you know now my campus is a new campus. I said, I know. I know you're starting a new work. Because all the key people in the campus that were reliable, he has removed all of them to start new, new campuses all over Abuja and is left with new, new people to train again. I told him that is part of growth in ministry. It's part of growth. To always disarm you of your strength, 
spread it around and allow you with the challenge of starting afresh. That way you build capacity for effective ministry. You build capacity. I'm not afraid of starting a new walk at any time. Me? Hmm. Look at my forehead now. I'm not afraid. I can enter anywhere right now, get a venue and start with two or three. I have no issues with crowd. Crowd, crowd does not make me feel important. I'm not moved with crowd. Crowd does not do anything to my psychology. I just need microphone. Even if it's empty chairs, the way I'm preaching now is, haven't I been preaching to empty chairs? Sometimes I come here and I preach to an empty house and you're watching on television in your house but at least I'm alone here. And I even ask questions and answer them. You know what I mean? You, know, you all know what I'm talking about. So crowd is not my thing. I love crowd. It's good to gather people but if they are not there as a seasoned laborer I do ministry in and out of season. In this ministry, we don't have vacation times. We are in ministry all the time. Christmas day, we are in ministry. Our staff are working. New year day, our staff are working. We don't have time for vacation. Why? Because the apostolic pattern of ministry, I never saw them close down ministry to go on vacation. I never saw it in the, among the apostles. Paul told Timothy, in and out of season, preach the word. When you feel it, when you don't feel it, preach the word. Even in the natural, there's what government call essential services. Abby? Essential services. <laughs> essential services. On Christmas Day, they were working. Police, nurses, people that work in airports, people that work in airports because people are flying in and flying out. Media, their essential services. Doctors, their essential services. They don't have vacation. Why? Because at any time, they could be called for an emergency. So if secular people have essential services, is it ministry that will not be essential services? Is the most essential. No soldier that wore it Entangled himself with civilian affairs. I'm teaching good. Walk in the spirit. You have to guard your heart. You have to ensure you are not using a church member or your disciple to preach. Those of us that are raising disciples, everybody in this church. Don't use your disciple to preach. Don't use your disciple as an example. Preach the word. Your disciple is not the message. And you church members, when we are preaching, don't assume that somebody has gossiped you to us. Not in this ministry. There are three reasons why I will not preach you. Number one, you're too small. You're too small. To be the focus of my message. Number two. I don't want to make you popular. Number three. You are not the message. I won't make I won't preach you. You are not the message. 
Have I finished preaching Christ that I will preach you? Have you ever seen me finish any of my notes? They are not enough time. First service, I didn't even know that I was preaching up to 10 o'clock. I didn't know. Preach you, you are thinking too much of yourself. When we get to the judgment seat of Christ, what we will discuss at the beamer seat are human beings. At the judgment seat of Christ. Our discourse will be human beings. Because the judgment seat of Christ is a judgment on how we handle brethren. How did we handle one another? How did you handle the members in your campus? How did you handle your disciples? How did you handle your house center members? That is the judgment seat of Christ. It's a judgment on how we handle brethren. Not cars, not visas, not money. The judgment seat of Christ is about men. That is what we'll be judged with. When you were prompted to pray for her, did you pray? When you were prompted to pray for him, did you pray? When you were supposed to visit him, did you pray? When you were supposed to visit her, did you pray? One of our sisters passed on to glory this week. And a district pastor came to my house to share with me that the sister just passed on this morning at the point of delivery. And we were talking and I said, no, there must have been carelessness in that clinic. Somebody was careless. Somebody was careless. People opt for CS so they can, they will not endanger their lives. Is it not true? That's why people opt for CS. They offer CS so that, hey, doctor, no chances. Remove the baby. And then the woman goes to the clinic, hale and hearty with her leg, smiling and excited. Few minutes, the doctor says, we have lost her. How? That's another subject for another day. Now, the point I was driving at is the district pastor came to my house and started crying. He was weeping. Papa, I don't know. He was weeping. That's a man with compassion for the people he's overseeing. I had to encourage him. I had to comfort him. I said, I know how you feel. I said to him, but remember, we are not to sorrow like the world. To be absent from the body is to be present with Christ. And I told him, she has become Christ gain. And we should be rejoicing for that. How do you feel about the people you are overseeing? The people under you, your disciples, your campus, the people that you, you are raising as disciples. Do, they, do, you feel, do you feel? Do you perceive? Do you have compassion? Do you love them? Or you are just doing it so that they won't say you didn't do it. If you're in a house center, if you're in a campus, you have a responsibility there. Like I said, somebody comes to bring you a gossip about that sister, tell him, let's pray about it. He said, no, let me explain. Tell him, we will get the prayer points in tongues. 
And that is when you will know whether he came for gossip or he truly came for prayer. Imagine if every member behaves like that. The kind of church you will have. The minute in a family, husband and wife allow resentment. That's why Peter says that your prayers be not hindered. What will hinder the prayer? Resentment. How are the prayers hindered? You won't even be able to pray. When there is resentment, you won't be able to pray. And there's nobody that does not require the prayers of other believers. All of us need each other's prayer. Brother Paul requested for prayer many times. The only person that didn't request for prayer is Jesus and we know why. We know why. Acts 22, 18. <clears throat> Get him blessed? 22, 18. And saw him saying unto me, Make haste and get thee quickly out of Jerusalem, for they will not receive thy testimony concerning me. Another revelation, another instruction in the course of Paul's ministry. Get out of Jerusalem immediately. They will not receive your testimony. I was in a country somewhere in Africa to preach. As soon as I stepped out of the aircraft and walked into that country, mama called me. Honey, please be very careful. That country has too much darkness. I just saw it in the spirit. Be very careful. I say, okay, honey, I've heard. I walked into that city. First day I preached. <laughs> People gave so much money and all the pastors stole the money. They stole the money right in the service. Second service, I'm preaching. People gave money. They stole the second offering. The next day I told mama, the darkness is even beyond what you saw. I'm out of this country. I entered the plane and I left. Now watch this. I made up my mind that I will never go to that country again. I made up my mind. You know I told you. <laughs> I was in Kenya to preach three weeks ago in another city in Kenya. A pastor came to me and said, Dr. Damina, I thank God for your teachings. He said, do you remember so-so-and-so country? I almost called the country. Do you remember so-so-and-so country? I said, yes. He said, I was in that conference. Really? And Pastor Philemon was with me because Pastor Philemon has had this story. He said, I was in that conference. I said, talk to me. He said, Dr. Damina, you raised money in that conference that both me and the pastor that was hosting the conference, we have never seen it since we were born. He said, the host pastor stole the money and told me there's no way I can give Dr. Damina this money. I've never seen this kind of money before. He confirmed it. They stole the money. I'm not joking. So I looked at him and I said, oh, so you and the pastor spoke. He said, yes. Philemon said, can you see? Can you see? I said, I told you, those people are thieves. They resisted my ministry. And I left that country the next day to South Africa. And I've never returned to that country. They have called me and called me and called me to that country. It's like when they are calling me, I'm not hearing anything. 
Get thee out quickly. <laughs> Make haste and get thee quickly out of Jerusalem. For they will not receive thy testimony concerning. Ministry and experiences. Depart. Look at Acts 22.21. Acts 22.21. And he said unto me, Depart, for I will send thee far hence unto the Gentiles. That is, leave this place. Where I want to send you is far. Where the Gentiles are. Can you see ministry and experiences? See ministry and experiences. Sometimes people invite me. I tell them, no, I cannot come. They say, why? I just say, I cannot come. Ah. Is there any verse that say, I must come to your church? I'm not coming. Will, will he not come? Will, will he not come? Will, will he? <laughs> Somebody in Makodi said it. Will, will he not come? I didn't say anything. Makodi, I'm not talking to you. People. I said, somebody in Makodi. <laughs> will, will he not come? <laughs> Acts 23, 11. Look at different experiences. 23, 11. And the night following, the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul, for as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also in Rome. Specific locations. God gave him specifics. The same way you bear testimony of me in Jerusalem. Now remember, in this Jerusalem, he was in prison. They carried him and put him in prison. And God said, you won't end in prison. You will, you will reach Rome. I've told you, you'll never have the picture of God's plan for your life at any time. You'll never have all the picture. You only keep having step-by-step instructions. You will, you, will, you will have to gradually walk in it. Just like brother Paul. There was no time he sat down and all his years in ministry were before him. He had to walk with God. Look at Acts 26, 16. Acts 26, verse number 16. Be, but rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness, both of these things which thou hast seen, and of those things in the which I will appear unto thee. Next verse. Delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee. Next verse. To open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Different things. Look at Acts 21 verse 4. We're examining brother Paul. Acts 21 verse 4. And finding disciples, we tarried there seven days. Who said to Paul through the Spirit that he should not go up to Jerusalem? Through the Spirit means tongues and interpretation. They spoke by the gift of the Spirit. They spoke by utterance that he should not go to Jerusalem. Please mark that one. They gave him spiritual direction by prophecy. Look at verse 11 of Acts 21. 11. And when he was come unto us, he took Paul's girdle and bound his own hands and feet and said, Thus saith the Holy Ghost, 
so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owned this girdle and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. This is like confirmation. Confirmation. Different things were coming to Paul by way of all trans gifts. Look at Acts 27, 23. Acts 27, 23. For there stood by me this night the angel of God whose I am and whom I serve. Next verse. Saying, fear not Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God had given thee all them that sail with thee. That is, you are responsible for everybody in this ship. God has handed their lives to you, Paul. Wow. Now, so Paul now begins to play the role. Okay? Look at verse 25. We are for sirs. He's not talking to them. Be of good cheer, for I believe God, that it shall be even as it was told me. So now he begins to encourage them in the midst of a shipwreck. There shall be no loss. You know, he could have doubted the statement, but he said, I believe. That means you have to believe that God is leading you. You have to believe that God is leading you. There is faith for direction. You have to believe that God is leading you and that God will continue to lead you. Even when things are not going smoothly, you have to believe that God is leading you. You have to believe. Elijah had to believe. He went to the brook. After a while it dried up, he still believed. Then he went to the widow. He still believed. You must have faith in the witness of the Spirit of God. Remember, you can never have the full picture of God's plan for you. It unfolds as you follow and walk with God. Let me say this to you. Achievement is not a proof of obedience at all. Achievement is not a proof of obedience at all. Obedience is a proof of obedience. It's not achievement that is a proof that you obey God. It is obeying God that proves that you obeyed God. You can achieve in disobedience. That you eventually marry that man changes nothing. We have seen people obey God in scripture and got into trouble by obedience. We have seen people disobey God and live a good life. So achievement is not a proof that you are living in obedience. Obedience is the proof for obedience. Teaching good? First Timothy 1.18 as I close this out. Are you blessed? First Timothy 1.18. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. Notice what he said. You have utterance concerning you. Then he says, based on the utterance, which a good warfare. There's a prophecy on your life. There's a plan of God for your life. 
God has a purpose for your life. Now, when you discover that God has a plan and a purpose, get up your loins and get ready to wage a good warfare. The reason for the war is the prophecy. Yeah. The reason for the warfare is the prophecy. So when it comes to direction, I have a responsibility. Meaning that whatever Paul was telling Timothy would require clarification. Now write this down because I want to close. First and foremost, all trances are directions of the spirit that pass through the human mind. They are directions of the spirit that passes through the human mind. They pass through the human mind. That's why Paul calls it prophecies. They exhort, they edify, and they comfort the church. First Corinthians 14.3 Because they will pass through the mind. So, the nature of utterances demands clarification. When I give an utterance, when I have a revelation or a vision, it demands clarification on its own. Remember when we were talking about tongues, we said it is mysteries to the mind, which means it demands clarification. He that speaketh in tongues, speaketh not unto men, but unto God, for no man understandeth. How be it in the spirit? He speaketh what? Mysteries, mysterion, meaning it demands clarification. Now, I'm going to continue from here on Wednesday <laughs> that the utterances, prophecy, the plan of God requires clarification. That's what I'm going to continue from on Wednesday. Because as we prepare you for another 12 months, we must be able to make sure you have clarity of where you're going. How many of you know that when the road is clear and you know where you're going, your journey is fast? How many of you know that? But if the road is not clear, you don't know where you're going. How many of you know that you even endanger your life? Yeah, so you must have clarity. You must know exactly where you're going. And you must be fully assured that you're in the plan of God for your life. So I'm going to continue this on Wednesday and on Friday and next Sunday before we begin the new creation camp meeting in Christ Reality Season 3 from the 2nd of January. A lot of food ahead. Glory to God. Say with me very loud, there is a prophecy on my life. There's a plan over me. God has a purpose for my life. Now speak like you know what you're talking about. God has a purpose for my life. God has a plan for my life. I'm not an accident. I'm not a mistake. I am God's, I am in God's eternal plan. And there is prophecy over me that requires clarification. By the Spirit, I receive clarification in my understanding. I didn't hear a good amen. Everybody stand on your feet. That's all I got for you in this song. Praise God. I say praise God. Stand up with me everybody. Look at me everybody. Say with me in the name of Jesus. No trial and error for my life. I have precision 
accuracy. I walk with God's plan. Accurately. See that. Somebody can mistakenly stumble, stumble, stumble to get there. But for you, there will be no stumbling. You will follow it accurately. See, I will be precise in my obedience to the plan of God. Say it again, I will be precise. I will be accurate in my obedience to the plan of God for my life. See, there are no mistakes. No mistakes in my life. Say it very loud, there are no mistakes. No mistakes in my life. Say, my life is not an experiment. It's God's project. I am God's project. The days ahead are going to be days of adventures with the spirit. Days of adventures. Days of walking precisely by the spirit in the spirit. And days through which God's purposes will find expression through us to our world. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Clarity is upon you. Clarity is upon you. Clarity is upon you. Every confusion in your mind is dissolved right now. Is dissolved right now. Shout it very loud. I do not give up. I stay in it until I win. I have won. I will win. I keep winning. Can I hear a victor shout in this place? The shout of the king is among us. Shout it again. I have won. I am winning. I will keep winning. I didn't hear a powerful amen. In the first service, I took time to share a number of things with the house. And I told the church this morning, and I'm bringing the same information to you and all of you online. You know, um, I, I began to talk about the fact that as a ministry, I have received instructions on the things we will do as the new year begins. Now, if you know me as your pastor, I, I just do things by the spirit. I don't do things because it is normal. So, next year, 2022, we're beginning with, there are some kingdom assignments God will have us do. And, I'm, you know, I was praying about this and the Lord told me to talk to you about it. Talk to the whole church about it. We're receiving by faith $100,000 between now and the end of January. Now, that's not too much money. But that's also plenty of money. But that's not too much money in the sense that one person can actually give that money. One person can actually give that money, $100,000. Okay. But I was just seeking God because as my custom is, usually... I don't just run to you to come and ask money. I talk to God. I talk to the boss. Father, what will you have me do? That's why you don't see me do fundraisings in this church. But as I was talking to God about this particular $100,000, he asked me to announce it in the church and give all of you the opportunity to be part of making it happen. Both this church and all our campuses. And I want all the campus coordinators around the world to hear this so that you help me coordinate your own campus towards this giving. $100,000 $100,000 because there's some things the Lord has instructed us to do as a ministry that will require that money in the first quarter of 2022. Some of you can give a hundred, I mean $10,000, towards that project. But we have between and the end of January to put the money together and get that project carried out. 
How many of you believe it is doable? Can we do it? Somebody says it's done. All right, so the people are willing in the day of God's power. I want you to make up your mind what you're giving towards it. If I have a hundred people give me one one thousand dollars, that's a hundred thousand. But again, some of you can do ten thousand, some of you can do five, some of you can do two, some of you can do one thousand. You know, like I said this morning, like the radio broadcast we've been doing in this state, one year and a half now, I have majorly been the one paying for it. I've not bothered you. I've majorly been the one paying it for my own resources. Monies I will have used for myself and family. And I'm, I'm grateful to my family that my family understands me, understands this ministry, and they are not selfish. They are, they are sacrificing. They, you know. Once I say it's ministry, all right, let it go. You know, what a blessing it is. You know, what a blessing to be married. Amen. Now, to be married to a woman whose heart is after the kingdom of God, that's what mama is for me. And then to have children who also believe in the cause. And everybody is sacrificially giving to see that the kingdom of God advances and people are rich. So because I have them, they make it easy for me, you know, to do that. It's one year and a half now we've been paying for radio every month, majorly by my family. See? Now, I know that our campus in California has paid for one radio station for the whole year. Our campus in California. California. And um, our campus in Lekki, Lekki, Lagos, paid for us to be on uh, WAP TV. And they kept paying. They are the ones paying for WAP TV. And then a few one or two persons who have assisted me to pay for radio here in town, one station. But majorly, it's me that's been doing it. And I'm not saying it to make you thank me or feel good. This is the state where God has sent me on assignment and it's my responsibility to make sure that the whole state is saturated with the gospel that Christ has given us to the world. We start in Jerusalem before we go to the ends of the earth. That's why we're bombarding the state with radio broadcasts. And we're going to be on it till July next year. Now, that's by my plan. I don't know what else God will have in mind. So let me quickly say, you know, I'm giving people opportunity to give towards the $100,000 between the end of January 2022. Let that be the first project you're doing for yourself, you're doing for the kingdom. Let the kingdom be the first thing you're doing in 2022. Let's give towards the kingdom. Let's make the project of the kingdom our priority as the new year begins. When you make for God first, then you can make for yourself. The prophet said, make for me first. Afterward, go and make for yourself. So I want to give this morning. And those of you online that want to be part of giving towards this $100,000, wherever you're watching around the world, all you need to do is shoot me a mail. Dr. Abel Damina at yahoo.com. Drabel Damina at yahoo.com. Indicating your desire to partake in giving to us the $100,000. Once we get your email, we'll respond to you with the dedicated account where that money will go for that specific project. And I want to thank you in advance for responding. And this house, we're giving every one of you an opportunity to also give towards that project. And I want to thank everybody for responding. Lift your right hands to heaven, Father. Thank you for the privilege this morning to honor your project and to honor the work of Christ by ensuring that through our sacrifices and giving, the gospel gets to the end of the earth. As we give, we rejoice that our offerings are a sweet smell before you. All the campuses around the world, as people give and as people sacrificially give towards this project, all of our online audience and everyone listening to us by radio, as we all give today, I decree that the blessing is upon your people in Jesus' name. Can I have a powerful amen? If you believe it is done, can I have a better amen?
All right, grab your offerings. Let's give in honor of God's word before I join Mr. Michael Bush in the next five minutes or so with Ask the Counselor now. Grab your offerings in the campuses everywhere. Your honor offering comes to the headquarters. Your partnership comes to the headquarters. Your worship offering stays in your campus to assist in the operations of that campus. Lift up your offerings, Father. We rejoice that we give diligently and joyfully this morning. Always an honor to worship you to our offerings. Our offerings are a sweet smell before you today. And as we give a decree that the blessing is upon your people, everyone giving your needs are met. Together we make more money to do more for the kingdom. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for answered prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. And every believer says that amen on a note of finality. Now that amen is not a note of finality. And now you're getting to the middle of finality. Now you're getting towards the finality. Glory! Now we're not signing you off because you're going to join in Ask the Counselor in another five minutes. So we're all giving together. We're all celebrating together and in the campuses again, campus coordinators help me coordinate towards giving for our project of the $100,000. Alright? Now everybody are going to give. The altar here, you drop your offerings anywhere on the pulpit. I will be joining Ask the Counselor in a few minutes. Hit the music. Let's do it as we celebrate Hallelujah. and give to Glory to God.
announcements and your worship offering. That's what we are mandated to do right now to collect those offerings from you. So you please bring out your kingdom investments and your worship offering. You know, by now, everyone in this church should know what to do. Immediately after this, we should know the next thing and we should prepare for them. I want you to take out your kingdom investment and your worship offering and lift it up. And let's thank God for the opportunity and the privilege to give. Every time we gather like these, we give, we give because we understand what Jesus has done. We appreciate the gift of God to us. I want you to thank him. Just thank him. Don't take anything for granted. Give him thanks that you have this opportunity to give and give him thanks. Hallelujah. Mango shateke lebradenga shota lemanigelego to shatalekeya. Thank you, Father. We are grateful this afternoon that you are working in us both to will and to do of your good pleasure. It's your pleasure that men be saved. And we thank you because we are partakers of that move to make sure that men are saved all over the world. Thank you for the opportunity to minister to the saints through our giving. And we thank you because the blessing remains in our lives. And we give you praise and glory and honor in Jesus' name. Let the believers say amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Kingdom investments in the baskets and the offerings right here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord our God is King. Hallelujah. Sing praises. Sing praises to the King. For He is the King. Sing praises. Sing praises to the King. For He is the King of Kings. Sing praises. Let's be seated so that we can just uh, start off the segment. Ask the counselor. Opening announcements, especially for the radio audience, start with the traditional opener, and that is bank details. FCMB and UBA are the two banks on parade. 
And I will start this time with UBA. 139-26465. Account name remains Power City International. It is the same for FCMB 2982-68-2028. 2982-68-2028. That's announcement number one. Remember, the account name is Power City International. Announcement number two doesn't look like we have um, so much time, but we'll try and see how we can squeeze in some calls. You're calling from outside the country, remember, plus 234. Otherwise, simply within Nigeria, 0806 800 You want to send an SMS or two, the same protocol that you need to do. Plus 234 from outside Nigeria, otherwise, 0703 Or you just send us a simple email all the way to ask the counselor now at gmail.com. For sponsorship, for partnership, for support, just use the program hotline, plus 234. Again, if you're doing from outside Nigeria, otherwise, simply 0803-275-6104. Or you send an email or two to Dr. Ebel Damina at yahoo.com. Dr. there, of course, is uh, DR. Okay, my name is Michael Bush. My producer is Pastor IJ Query, complete with the production team. Now put your hands together for Global Mama, who is also in church, Dr. Rachel Damina. We also have, of course, the resident pastor. And uh, I needed to look just to be sure that he's alone today. It's not good for the resident pastor to be alone. Elder Oyeme, where are you? But Pastor Prince Okun is here. And then, of course, the set man, the man for every moment, father like none other, teacher like none other, global barber, doctor, Abel, Damina, the intercontinental Mr. Bush, global barber, good to see you, global barber, you know, I've been praying in the spirit, now I'm thinking in the spirit, I need to know that country that global barber went to and never wants to go back, <laughs> global barber, keep praying. No, Baba. You didn't pray. ask me to say you're praying. I'm praying, so, no, Baba. Yes, you will I see. need to find out in this period. Yes, you, you will know. find out very soon. I'll find out. Uh, even no, the, the last time I was in Kenya, yes, Pastor right. Jane was trying to convince me to go back because there. somehow she got to find out what the country was. Yes, and sure. she was like, but Papa, things have changed. changed. They are not like that anymore. <laughs> I said, Pastor Jane, you will go first and then and go and prove it. <laughs> then after you come back, I will, I will now go. She started laughing. No, Baba. Yeah, the intercontinental. That, that should be a fine place, fantastic place to go and with, uh, ask the counselor and teach them some counseling. I think know? so. I yes, think sure. so. You will go with Pastor Jane. <laughs> Go back and we just pray and set up the program. Oh no. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this afternoon. We receive every blessing, every gifting of Christ made available to us. And we thank you for Kwaibom State. We decree that this state continues to experience the love, the mercy, and the grace of Jesus. We pray for the governor and his cabinet. We decree that they continue to create enabling environment in this land for the preaching of the gospel and for potentials in this land to thrive and do well. Thank you that our society is blessed. The message of Christ is growing. Nigeria is opening up to the gospel of Christ. The truth of Christ is proclaimed upon every pulpit in this nation. 
We declare that all over Africa and the rest of the world, the light of Christ is shining as light in a dark place. And we give you praise that men are coming to it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Praise God. Remember by the last time we were here live, that was just yesterday at the point of this live presentation, we had um, agreed that we we'll spend the night where we are, and that is in Uyo, Akwaibom State. By the way, the global headquarters of Power City International, the brain behind this program is uh, Uyo, and that is at number 98 Wangiba Road in the heart of the city. Uyo itself is the capital of Akwaibom, Akwaibom State in Nigeria, Nigeria country in Africa. And of course, you know where Africa is, don't you? So, Uyo, here we come. Hello, Global Baba. I want to thank you for all you do in the body of Christ. Please, my mother has been unable to walk since last year. Diverse medication has been applied all to no avail. I want to Global Baba to pray for a total recovery and fresh strength to walk. Also, my brother has been married for over a year now, and the family of the woman is suggesting that she is likely disturbed by a spirit husband. So they want her to go through some processes. He calls them diabolical practices. Please uh, pray that they should not go ahead with such practices and that the power of God should handle the situation for us, giving them a baby and victory over the whole matter. Ubon Abasi, in Uyo. Ubon, we'll pray for you at the end of the broadcast. Okay, I have some uh, anonymous entries, some are anonymous, some are of anonymous addresses, so I'll take them as I see them. This one, dear Global Baba, thank you for all you do for the body of Christ. Since I began to follow your teaching, I began to get the revelation knowledge, and my entire perception about Christ has changed. Please, I need you to answer one question for me. In Genesis 1, 26 and 27, it says, God created man in his own image. Is the Bible talking about Adam? And if, or Jesus, I also want to join the Mentoring Academy. Please, what is the procedure? Kingsley. Well, Kingsley will make sure you connect with Pastor Matthew, who will help you to get enrolled in the Mentoring Academy. Genesis 1, 26, 27 is talking about Jesus. But you need exegesis to be able to establish that. So I'll encourage you to get my teaching series on what is man. What is man? Order for it, it will help you a lot. Well, no, but you know, it's just a, a gift that you are to this generation because, you know, anytime you talk about Genesis in, in Revelation, uh, excuse me, you talk about Jesus in Genesis, you know, my head just goes, uh, you know, uh, but it's good to know. Yes, it's good N- to you know. Now I know. All things were made for him by him, him. you know, so everything is Christ in Scripture. Okay, so another, another anonymous entry, Global Baba, greetings in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Dr. Damina, I've uh, requested for prayers because I've been experiencing car accidents with no explainable reasons. Three times this year, I'm on middle lane and a car would just run into me. Last year, the same, but I thank God no one seriously injured. Just um, a whiplash. Lower back pain and neck area. Please, Global Baba, I need your prayers. Be blessed. Well, sometimes when you find yourself going through those kind of things, you need to lock yourself in the room and stay quiet for a few days. It means you are not hearing. God is talking. You are not hearing. You are too preoccupied with things that you are not paying attention because God will always prepare you and speak to you concerning things and help you to know what not to do or what to do. But when you are too preoccupied with stuff, you don't even listen. So you need to calm down and cool down and lock in and stay a bit in prayer and in the word so that you don't continue like that and go and get yourself killed. Out of you and out of Akwaibom, we take this one. Grace says she's writing from Nigeria, doesn't tell us where exactly, but here we go. Hello, Global Baba and the Intercontinental Michael Bush. Thank you for your good works. Please, there are these questions that have been bothering me, Global Baba. Is it true that there is certain heaven unmarried people will go 
or will not enter if Christ comes, or they happen to die before the coming of Christ, even if they were born again. Whoever taught you that lied to you and deceived you. So stay away from them and keep following what we teach so that you don't uh, keep carrying that kind of mindset. There's no such help. Uh, I guess the same um, response will suffice for the next two questions. I'll just take a break because my producer says so. Hello, caller number one. Hello. Are you there? Hello. Yeah, many thanks for joining us. Yes, welcome to the program. Happy Boxing Day 2021. Your name, where are you calling from? Good morning. My name is Amelia Boxing from Atlanta, Georgia. Wow. Okay, Alega Boxing from oh, Atlanta, Georgia. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Sister Allegra. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you too, that side. Fantastic. Thank you. 
Is it true that preaching is still going on in the grave for the unsaved souls before they die? If yes, who is preaching to them? No, no, nothing like that is going on. Once you die, that's the end. You go and face judgment. Whether judgment for rejecting Christ or judgment for what you did for Christ. There's no preaching after death. After death, it's over. There's no even need for prayer for people who have died. Just open the grave, drop them inside cover. That's the end. There's no prayer that works after then, except you're just praying for the family of those who are still here. Otherwise, that's the end of life. One last one still from Sister Grace, somewhere in Nigeria, Global Baba, with ethnic families still gather themselves as a family when Christ comes. If the couples were sealed in the temple of their church, please explain better. I don't understand that, but Grace. Nothing like that. When Jesus comes, no male, no female, even now in Christ. So when Jesus shows up, when we show up with Christ, there will be no marriage, no husband, no wife, no family. All of us will be one family, the family of God. This one too from, um, well, somebody else calls herself Grace. And I still take this one. Hello, Global Baba. I just started watching your messages. It's like I've never been taught from the Bible before. You're preaching it so on another level. The Bible has never tested this good to me. Hearing you preach or teach makes me want to go to church daily. I'm watching The Law and the Prophet, Season 2, Part 6. Please, where is Season 2, Parts 3, 4, and 5? I want them all. God bless you, sir. Grace. Grace, order for them. There's Season 1 and there's Season 2. You are in Season 2. You need to help Season 1. So order for both Season 1 and Season 2 of Law and the Prophet. And there's Season 3 coming, too. Hello, Global Bible. About this one. A caller. Hello. Are you there? Hello. Many thanks for joining us. You know where you're calling from. Yes, go ahead. Good afternoon. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.
Let's stop. Great report. Yeah, that's from the uh, US too. Yes, that's still from the United States. As a matter of fact, for that reason, I'm just breaking every protocol. I'm flying away from Nigeria and Africa straight to the US. Unfortunately, the entry in my hand, Susie Mountain, sent that from the United States. I'm not able to take that today. Uh, when we return here live, probably on Wednesday, we should be able to accommodate this. Until then, this is Michael Bush, your anchor. On behalf of producer Pastor IJ Quer and the production team, inviting Global Baba to let us go for today. The Intercontinental, Mr. Bush. Thank you, man. Let's celebrate Mr. Bush for all of his services. Hallelujah. Well, everybody, we want to thank you for giving us the opportunity to serve you the grace of God through teaching and equipping and instructing you in the righteousness of Jesus. Remember, we are live every evening, 6 p.m., on radio, on television, and on all the platforms. But don't forget, when is the midweek service? I'll continue teaching on concerning leadings and perceptions. Also remember on the 31st of December at 9 p.m. GMT plus one, we'll all be in the house so that we can together cross over into the new year. Remember on the new year morning, 9 a.m., we have a live service here. That is on the 1st of January. That will be Saturday by 9 a.m. And then on Sunday, we have the 7.30 service and the 11, I mean 10.30 service and we'll be live at 8 and 11 o'clock as we begin the new year 2022. And don't forget that we're fasting the whole of that month of January into February. We'll announce all the details as we go forward. But it's always a joy to serve you, the grace of God. Remember this afternoon, we're live 1 to 3 on XLFM. We're also live on, on Passion FM 3 to 5. And we're live this evening at, um, at 9 p.m. on Inspiration and 10 p.m. on Heritage FM. Tomorrow morning, 5.50 a.m. XLFM, 11 to 1 Radio Aquibom, 6.30 a.m. Premium FM. And 1 to 3 Passion FM and 6 p.m. tomorrow evening. I mean 3 to 5 Passion FM and uh, 6 p.m. tomorrow evening we're on Comfort FM and the circle goes on. But we love all of you and we look forward to serving you the grace of God. Enjoy the rest of your boxing day and until we connect with you again, enjoy the grace of Christ and be blessed. Along with Mrs. Neka Irene Bush, goodbye from Uyo, Nigeria. Amen. Amen. This is Kingdom Life Network.